has blessed us with a great worship team. Amen, church. Just, man, they are good. Just to help, absolutely. Thank you. You know, just to lead us into that, that moment of just acknowledging who God is and His goodness. And, you know, I dropped my pick about halfway through into my guitar, so I spent half of it playing with my fingers. But, you know, it, man, God is just so good. And singing those songs is just such a perfect example of, of that. And just for us to be able to step into this space this morning, regardless of where we've been, but regardless of what we've done, knowing that God loved us enough, that God so loved us that He gave His only begotten Son so that whoever would believe in Him might be saved. And man, that is a beautiful truth that I believe sometimes maybe we take for granted. Sometimes we forget just with the busyness and the craziness of our world. But this morning, I want to continue in our study of our walk, what it means, the way we walk. And the last, the last week and this week, we're talking about how we walk with others. And so I want to read this passage from Acts chapter 2. You can turn your Bibles there. Uh, channel 11. Channel 11. Um, Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47 is where we're going to be at this morning. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47 is where we're going to read this morning, kind of use this as our launching point and let it guide us through the rest of this morning. Acts 2, 42. It says, And they devoted themselves to the, to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together, and all things and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing uh, the, the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Let's pray. Father, I just ask you to speak to us through this text. God, help draw us into these spiritual disciplines that we've been talking about over the last several weeks. God, that whatever excuses, whatever struggles we enter in with this morning that may be distracting us from these disciplines, Father God, I pray that we humbly lay those at your feet. God, I pray that we allow you to draw us into what it is that you have for us in your holy word this morning. Father, I thank you for these people. I thank you for our time of worship. God, I just ask you to bless it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So church, we've been talking about what it means to walk in spiritual disciplines. These spiritual disciplines that are meant to deepen our relationship with God and challenge us to step into the battles of life confidently. You know, to step in and navigate the day-to-day -day of our Christian life that isn't always easy, that it's not always without distraction, that it's not always without difficulties that dis discourage us or draw us away. And last week we talked about the worship gathering, the importance of that in a sense of not just stamping off our to-do list for the week, saying that we've attended and so now we're done, but that there's so much beauty, there's so much confidence that comes into this. And like we talked about, if you're healthy in your home to be here and if not then then God isn't less uh, near you if you're not here but there's just there's something that the physical gathering of God's people is that nothing else else can replicate and so kind of 
jumping off of that, you know, as we kind of move into today's uh, study, as we look at this spiritual bis- discipline for today, I think it's something that for us to acknowledge and to recognize, and I think we already know this to a certain extent, that our world is becoming more and more and more individualized. And so when we talk about spiritual disciplines with each other and with others, it's something that may be kind of foreign to us or may be even uncomfortable to us because our world is becoming more and more individualized. You know, we live in a culture today that tells us that, that, people, that praises people for doing their own thing, uh, praises people for depending on their being strong enough to accomplish things on their own, where even dependence or even codependence, even in the, in the sense of a relationship, is seen as a weakness or even times a failure. And so we live in a culture that continuously is drawing us into individualizations, drawing us away from dependence on collectives. And so when we as the church are proclaiming, like last week, we're saying how valuable the gathering of God's people is, that can be and is becoming even more so countercultural. Because what we're being told is that you don't need anyone else but yourself, or maybe even just a small group of people. And so we are being led into not only being individualized, but we're also being led to being isolated more and more and more, and especially when you consider uh, pandemics, when you consider uh, political environments, when you consider all the social issues that are going on and just the general craziness of the day-to-day world that we live in, that more and more of us are pushing away from each other and settling back into what we believe is safe spaces for ourselves. You know, we're settling into these areas of our life where we just don't want to deal with other people because other people are crazy, right? I don't want to talk to other people or have conversations with other people, that, especially people that don't agree with me, because I don't like the, the, the confrontation. I don't like how uncomfortable it makes me feel. And not only that, but just in, in just regular everyday life, where we are in our world today, more people are working in, in two-income uh, two households, and so more than one person is having to work. So by the time you get home, you're exhausted. You just want to be with the people that you're with. And so more and more, we're just kind of settling back into isolated spaces, individualized spaces. And, you know, and maybe it's not even necessarily isolating ourselves from the presence of people, but we're isolating ourselves from meaningful connection or we're isolating ourselves to a very small, group of people and that even in our day and age that most of our conversational engagement and connection is digital which completely destroys the physical connection and the the connection that people have with each other and sitting down having conversations having disagreement communicating things together which is how, I mean, all throughout God's Word and all throughout history, that has been the main way at which people have communicated. It's just physically, together. I mean, my kids think it's absolutely crazy that when I was growing up, I didn't have texting. And that wasn't even that long ago. I mean, it was 10 cents a text. I mean, I got in trouble if I received one text. And some of you may not remember those days, but that wasn't that long ago, but it feels like ages ago. You know, the fact that we ever had internet that had to take time to dial up to get onto it, and that if somebody picked up the phone while you were on it, it disconnected you, right? You could hear, hello, hello, talking through the thing. Like The fact that we live in, in such a digital age in such short amount of time is really kind of, uh, it, it's amazing, but in also in a ways it's contributing to how we're disconnecting from each other. Becoming more and more and more individualized. And so what I believe, what God's Word is drawing us to, not pushing people away, even within the context of the church, not pushing each other away, but bringing us together. 
drawing us into not only what we talked about last week as a corporate worship gathering, but even more so than that, what I believe is a fellowship. You know, and I'm, I'm even leery to say community because I believe people can find community anywhere in a lot of different things and a lot of different avenues. But true fellowship and what that truly means. You know, we, we've utilized the word fellowship to kind of define our churchy gatherings, which is not a, not a bad way to describe it, but we've limited it to that. Where being in fellowship is, is having hot dogs and pizza together, right? Or you're watching a game together. You're doing something in that regards. But I believe that the big, biblical context of fellowship is much deeper than that. It doesn't exclude that, but it's much deeper than that. And so the the discipline that I want us to see this morning is Christian fellowship. How Christian fellowship is a vital element of our Christian lives. And two things this morning that I want us to see. The first thing is that Christian fellowship is vital to a healthy Christian, to healthy Christian growth. Christian fellowship is vital to healthy Christian growth. We see this in verse 42 of Acts chapter 2. He says, that and they devoted themselves or committed themselves or gave themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And so what you see here is you see two very different things happening, but they're interconnected together. He says that you see teaching and you see fellowship. You see breaking of bread and you see the prayers. And the prayers, I love that it's not just prayers, because for us, prayers is very specific. But when it says the prayers, it's communicating more of an activity that happens within the context of a corporate gathering. And even further down, we see him talk about it attending the temple, which is a gathering of people with someone speaking or reading the, the, the Bible or the scriptures, obviously not the New Testament at this time, but reading the Torah or the Septuagint, whatever they had at that time. And also breaking bread in their homes. So there's this connection that how we talked about corporate worship last week. We're seeing corporate worship in devoted themselves to teachings and uh, in the prayers in the temple together. We're seeing that element linked together with fellowship, with breaking bread in the home, with being together in a different sense of just learning, but also being together in this sense of what the Bible says is fellowship. And it's showing us that this fellowship is is vital for healthy Christian growth. And then there's two things within this that I want us to see, that Christian community or Christian fellowship is uniquely connected to Christian worship, as we're we're talking about right now and like we talked about last week. That there is an element of fellowship that feeds off of our worship together. You know, as we stand in here to sing, and I'm not going to rehash too much of last week, but as we stand in here and we sing about the goodness of God and His faithfulness and that God so loved the world that He gave His only Son for us, like as we sing and we radiate those truths together, they sink into us. And those things feed into our fellowship. They feed into our breaking of bread together. They feed into our time of fellowship and mission together, as we'll talk about later. And so what he's showing us is he's revealing to us the value of Christian community by pairing it with the the value of the gathering. And so those things have to happen in tandem together. They're not separate things that that you do one or the other. You do these things collectively together. You teach and you fellowship. You break bread and you pray. All these things are intertwined together. And we thrive together when we worship together. And then continuing on, he says this in verse 44. He says, And all who believed were together and had all things in common. Now, obviously, when it says that they had all things in common, we know that it's not saying that they liked all the same things, that they all looked the same, that even that they all had the same opinions about each other. 
But there is something that was common between them. And the second thing within the, this vitality of healthy Christian growth is this, is that our commonality is what makes us a community. Our commonality. And not just that we agree on everything. Not just that we all look the same. Not that we all like the same type of music. And not that we all like the same sports teams. But there is a commonality, commonality that is unique to Christian fellowship. And that for us as Christians, we don't need church to make friends. That's not what this is about. Us gathering together as a people is not to make friends. You can make friends in a lot of different spaces, right? We can build, like we talked about, you can build community, in a sense, in a lot of different spaces. And we diminish the value of Christian fellowship. We diminish the value of Christian community, true Christian community, when we debase it to a social club. When we debase it to this place that I go on the weekends to be around good people. When, this place that I want my kids to be a part of because there's other good kids there. And we know that's not true because all our kids are, are a little wild and crazy, right? So it's like we're all figuring this out a little bit. There's no perfect people. There's no perfect kids. There's no perfect church community that we go to. And so we, we're not entering into this space to make friends and we debase what this is when we begin to limit it to that. Just a good moral space that I go to feel good about myself. Or to be around other so-called good people that agree the same as me. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this. You've heard me talk about him before. And he writes a lot about Christian fellowship and community. He says, Christian, Christianity means community through Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ. No Christian community is more or less than this. And so when we talk about fellowship, when we talk about true Christian fellowship, we're talking about a community of people that are together. This word fellowship actually meaning participation, actually meaning partnership, to share in. This word is an active word. It's not something that we just come and sit and be a part of. It's something that we are participating in. It's something that is active. It is something that is moving, and it's moving because of the commonality that we share in Jesus. That's what makes Christian community unique to any other type of community because we have a commonality that doesn't require us to have the same opinions about things in our world. It doesn't require us to live in the same area. It doesn't require us to, to have the same skin color. It doesn't require us to have the same nationality. Christian community is bigger than those things. Christian community is diverse in a lot of different ways. When you talk about social club communities, those things are built on people who are able to pay a certain fee, right? You're a part of a country club because you can pay the fee to afford to be a part of it. You're a part of a, of a certain rec center because you live within that community's uh, scope. You're a part of a, a local school's community because you live in their district, right? There's limitations to certain types of community where the Christian community is universal, where the Christian community revolves around the commonality that we share in Jesus Christ. The fact that we're all sinners, that, that, that our sinfulness is not limited to who we are, what we've done, what we look like, where we come from, how much money we have, but that we are all on equal playing field because of under the cross of Jesus, we are all sinful. We have all fallen short of God's glory and we all actively depend on Jesus and His blood sacrifice on the cross for our redemption. So, so there's this commonality that draws us in that no other community has. And it's special. It's unique. It's eternal. It's beautiful. 
and it's universal. Galatians 3.28, he says, Paul writes, he says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And what's amazing about this verse is that this would have been so just out there to the people of this time. Like, are you telling me that I'm, as a male, that, that, that I'm no more unique than a female? Are you telling me because I'm free, I'm not any more unique than a slave? But Paul is saying there is a unique diversity and commonality that the Christian faith has that nothing else does, and it's in Jesus. It's the fact that we depend on Him. It's the fact that we're defined by Him. It's the fact that our identity is found in Christ Jesus. Early Christians didn't share a community through a common love of TV or hobbies. Their common love was a love for Christ. The commonality that they had for Jesus is what drove them together. It's what in Acts 2, when we look at this, and as church leaders, I know a lot of us at times we've talked about it or read through it, and we're like, man, I want to be an Acts 2 church so bad. You know, and we can accomplish the, you know, and in reality, and not far after this, they begin to have their issues. No church in the Bible was perfect, but there was a commonality that drew them together, and it was their passion and their love for Jesus. And it's only within that that is unique to the Christian faith, and it's only within that that we can ever be held together as a people of God. But not only that, as we move to kind of the last section of this, is that their community was built on the commission. Their community was built on the commission. The second thing this morning, major point is this, is that our Christian fellowship is vital to active Christian missions. Christian fellowship is vital to active Christian mission. Because when we read the Bible, and you know, I've had this conversation with people before, and maybe you've had it with people. You know, the first thought you get when you read Scripture isn't the gathering. When we read about God's people, when we read about the apostles, when we read through the New Testament, when we read through all these things that are going on, the, the glaring truth that we see isn't necessarily the gathering, but it's the mission. It's what the people of God were called to do, not where we're called to be. It's what we're called to do. And so when we talk about the vitality of this active Christian mission being tethered to Christian fellowship, it's because the community of Christ is built on the commission of Christ. And that true fellowship comes, and we talk about this in our men's group all the time, the community of Jesus thrives the most when it's stepping into the commission of Jesus. Our ladies' ministry that is meeting one time a month does this so well. It's because that is what Christian community is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about a community of people stepping into the commission of God, stepping into the work, serving the people around them. And Christian fellowship is a vital element of cultivating that Christian mission. Church, we don't need accountability. We're not, we're not stepping into fellowship spaces for accountability partners, for friends, for social goals, for acquaintances. We are stepping into this with a common goal, supporting each other, keeping each other going. Because when we step into this community of people with a common commission, all of those things are a byproduct of that. When we step into this faith family with a common goal of the commission of Jesus... 
when we read in Matthew 28, 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And when he says all nations, he's not only including the nations far from us, he's including the nations under your roof, at your workplace, your kids, your spouse, your co-workers. He's drawing us into this is the commission of God to his people. And when we step into true commonality for this commission, accountability comes with that. Friendships come with that. Because nothing binds a people together than serving other people. Nothing binds a people together better than that. When you're struggling together, when you're sweating together, when you're giving together, when you're sacrificing together, nothing draws you together better than a community of people with a common commission. That's what God has intended for us. That's what God draws us into uh, Christian fellowship for, is to walk in our common commission. And not only that, not only that, church, but there's an evangelistic element to our Christian fellowship. Francis Schaeffer said this, he said, Our relationship with each other is the criterion the world uses to judge whether our message is truthful. Christian community is the final apologetic. And isn't that a beautiful word? The final apologetic. You know, we spend so much time arguing with people about certain things, whether it's, you know, unbelievers or Christians that believe in different doctrines or whatever it might be. We spend a lot of time, we, people love apologetics. You know, the, and, and the word apologetics just means to defend or to, to bring a defense for. We love that, and I love that. But I love how he says this and communicates this within the common commission of God's people, that the greatest apologetic is Christian fellowship. For a people to be stepping together, a group of different people with different opinions, but with one common goal, and that's to worship God and to make his name known to the world around them. That that commonality can be an evangelistic element to the people around us. That's why we meet here. That's why we invite people here. That's why when we have community and fellowships outside of this place, that we want to invite people to it, and we want them to visualize what God's people are doing together. Because in reality, people want to be a part of something real. And like we said, we've said before, the world has sniffed out our hypocrisy. You know, the world doesn't, they, they're, they're over the facade. They want something real. Not to play church, not to dress your best and show up and just look the part. They don't want that. And you know what, in reality, that's easy. That's easy to show up on Sundays and just dress nice. It's easy to show up on Sundays and, and act like everything is all together, that my life is perfect, that, that my kids, act, they act totally perfect all the time, that everybody's good, that everybody's happy, that our marriages are perfect, that all these things are put together. But in reality, and the world sees, they see, they see past that because they know their world's not perfect. And so for us as Christians, what we are presenting is a fellowship of people, imperfect people seeking a perfect God with one common commission, and that's to make disciples of Jesus. And we make disciples of Jesus by stepping together and teaching and in serving, in breaking bread and with the prayers, with worship in the temple, and with sharing time together within our homes. And what this does is it keeps us moving forward. And within this, we learn. We learn to live with purpose for each other in Hebrews 3, verses 12 through 13. 
The writer writes, To take care, brothers, lest there be any, any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by sin. Philippians 2, 3-4, it says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you not only look to his own interest, but also the interests of others. And then also that we learn to be concerned for each other. James 4, 5, uh, James 5, I'm sorry, 19 through 20 says, My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Church, when, when the desire that we have has dried up to draw near to his word, when our spiritual energy is gone to pray, he sends us as a fellowship of people with a common goal to bring each other back. You know, he calls us the body. In 1 Corinthians 12, 27, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. You know, what is our first response when a part of our body is injured? We grab it, right? We elevate it and our arm is injured. You know, when, our, when, our, when something happens to our eye, we grab it, our ear, our head, whatever it is. And you know what? Even in those times when we can't grab it or support it ourselves. Thankfully, God has placed other people around us. You know, I talked about this before when I broke my ankle. I was thankful to have somebody like Matt Bean. He was right there next to me, grabbed it and held it up. I wasn't a great patient. I probably screamed and cried just a little bit in the midst of that. But I was thankful when I couldn't hold a part of my broken body up myself, there was someone else to help hold it up. God has knit us together as a people of God with a common commission to do a work. And when one of us has wandered, when one of us is falling short, when one of us is being drawn away to other things, that there is more of the body to come and support, more of the body to bring it back in, to hold it, to elevate it, to bring support to it. He has given us each other for more than simply company to chase away loneliness. He's given us each other as a means of divine favor. And he tells us, Paul tell, I mean, Luke tells us that here at the end of this section of Acts, in verse 46 and 47, that the result of true Christian fellowship with a common commission, with a common concern for each other, he says it brought about a glad and generous heart. He says that it led to praising God and having favor with all people. Isn't this what we want? Isn't this the place we want to be? Settling into a place where we can praise God. Settling into a place where we have found favor with a group of people. And there should be no other place that the people of God should be able to find favor. Even people from the outside seeking after God should be able to find favor than within the context of God's Christian fellowship. And so if I end with something, I want to stand and kind of take away this. That our commonality is our source of community. It is our driving, and our driving force is our commission to go and to make disciples. And we do that through teaching. We do that through providing for each other. We do that by serving, elevating people ahead, above us as far as importance. And it's for us as Christians that we want the same things. I truly do believe that we want that gladness that cultivates generosity, that leads to praising God, that leads to finding value among a group of people. And that 
we would know and that the people around us would know and the people we invite into this would know that Christian community is our greatest source of joy, that the Christian fellowship that we have, it's not a source of disdain, that it's not this place. And in a lot of us, we've maybe had experience with the Christian fellowship, but the Christian gathering has been miserable to us. It's been a place where we found more hurt, we found more disappointments, we found more discouragement than any other community. We would tell ourselves, well, I can go to the community that's at my local bar and find more acceptance, more love, and more compassion from those people than I can within the context of the local church. Church, if people are able to find better, more knit-together fellowship outside of the context of the Christian fellowship, we have done something wrong. It doesn't mean that we compromise. It doesn't mean that we have to say that everything that everyone believes is right. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that within the context of this fellowship, that we have allowed a space for people to come in and recognize that there's something different about this community. There's something different about this fellowship. That maybe I can find small, small bits of satisfaction within the context of other fellowships and community. But there's some sort of joy. There's some sort of longevity. There's some sort of, 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 of support that I find within the context of Christian fellowship that I can't find anywhere else. That is what we are called to be. That is the vitality of this movement and this community is that we are linked together by commission of God and a concern for each other that drives forward our mission. Because what we do as a fellowship, when we gather outside of this place, when we gather within this place, when our men meet tonight, when our women meet next week, when we continue to create opportunities to gather together for the mission of God, it is a visible manifestation of His great commission and His saving grace. A place that has no room for bitterness, a place that has no room for jealousy, a place that has no room for unforgiveness or destructive comparisons. But it is a community, a fellowship built on a commonality that we have in Jesus. And not only that, but a mission we have for Jesus. That within the context of that, we are looking for opportunities to engage in community, in fellowship, where worship aligns our purposes with God and fellowship aligns those purposes with each other. Because like I said earlier, and I, and I believe that, that we're starting to see those things happen, and I pray that more people will come be a part of those things, where I believe even more so than our men, our women are getting those things right. And in our, in our women's group, in that community context, they're not just hanging out. You know what they're doing? They're praying for each other. For you ladies who have been a part, you can attest to it, that you're praying for each other. You're praying for people outside of the group. And not only that, but you're actively seeking ways to serve. You've served me. You've served people that are hurting and sick in our community. Our, our women's group is accomplishing mission through their meeting. It's not just to hang out together. And in, within the context of our men's group, that was the, the driving force in our conversation between me and Rodney Paul. Like wanting to see our men's group be the conduit at which we do mission within the context of our community. If a Christian gathering fellowship of people isn't moving towards commission and mission, then it's nothing but a social club. That's not what our gathering is about. And I pray that we would be a church that cultivates that within those contexts. Tonight, we meet at 5 with our men. Men, I want to invite you to be in that. If you're home and you're healthy, come be a part of it at 5 at Mr. Randy's house, my shameless plug. A great opportunity. If there's an obstacle keeping you from that, let's talk about it. Let's work through it. Maybe next time. Once a month, we meet together. Our ladies, we meet next Sunday, 5 o'clock. 
Do the same thing. Pray and seek servanthood opportunities. Ladies, be a part of that community. If there are obstacles, let's talk about it. How can we eliminate those obstacles? Christian fellowship is about mission and about commonality that we have in Jesus. Church, I pray this morning, I pray this morning that we are actively individually seeking Jesus in our worship, in our study, that feeds into our mission and our commission as a fellowship of people. And that as we continue to grow, as we continue to move, and as we continue to offer opportunities to be a part of that Christian fellowship that is pointing towards mission, that you would be involved in that. Because I believe that that's the next level of growth for our church. He said that they added to them. God added to. And that, not that we do things for the sake of growth, but we do things for the sake of exposure of the gospel. We do things for the sake of interacting with people in our community. We want people to be interested in what we're doing, not because we're flashy, but because we're authentic, because we're on mission, because we're meeting together, not just to hang out, but to point towards the commission of Jesus and to allow that, allow God to add to our numbers through our willingness to serve the people around us. And all of that being built on God's Word and what we do here in worship, obviously, but that is beyond just the Sunday. It's beyond just our single meeting together. But it's a fellowship of people with a common mission for the gospel. And church, like we say every week, if you don't find yourself within that commonality, seeking after Jesus, putting your faith in His work on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins, and you are constantly working to gain that, I want to invite you. God has a place at His table for you that you would lay down those sins at His feet, and He says that He will nail them to the cross, canceling the record of debt against you. That if you don't have that commonality with Christ, I want to invite you to be a part of that. He says, come. We sang about it this morning. For whoever will believe in Him would be saved. He says, believe that He can do what He said He's going to do. Forgive your sins. Push them as far as the east is from the west. And then if you're a Christian here this morning, and within the context of this community, you feel like that, that you haven't actively been seeking that fellowship. Maybe, maybe there's different situations, bitterness, jealousy, uh, anger towards certain things. Maybe you've been hurt in the past. Man, I get it. I get it. But I pray that you hear my heart knowing that I want our fellowship to be a, a true people stepping into the commission for God, finding commonality in Christ for the mission of our community and for each other, to support each other, to create a true fellowship that is bound together by deeper things. So if you're a Christian here this morning, I pray that you see the value in that fellowship, that we could step into that together, and that you would engage in the opportunities that we as a faith family can create together. So can we bow our heads this morning? And just consider these things. Consider what it means to be devoted to the teaching and the fellowship of, of God's people. Breaking bread together. Praying together. Being on mission for the commission of God together. What does that mean for you? Maybe it starts with grabbing a hold of that commonality that we find in Christ. Maybe you've never truly put your faith in Jesus and depended on Him for the forgiveness of your sins and that place within God's family. Or maybe as a Christian this morning, you've neglected the fellowship. Maybe we've lived more in excuses than the experience of what it means to be present and actively engaged in the Christian community that we have here. Then I want to invite you to 
ask God, Lord God, give me a passion for that. And even when I don't feel a passion for that, God, give me the, 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 the strength to just step into those spaces and allow you to work on me in that. Because some things take time. Sometimes forgiveness takes time. Sometimes doubt takes time. Sometimes desire and passion take time to work out. Give God those opportunities to work those things out in your life among Christian fellowship. And that we would be those people and actively be the conduit to the community that we can be with people around us, finding avenues of service within the context of our Christian fellowship. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for today. God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for the fellowship of people that you've given us here. God, and I, I'm thankful for the fellowship of people that are going to be here. God, I'm confident that you have a work for us to do in this community. God, I know that you've kept us going for this long because you have something for us. Father God, and I pray that even in our imperfect ways, God, that you would take us and use us to be just drawn together by the commonality of our commission that is leading to mission within the context of our faith family, within the context of the community around us, in De Quincey, in the surrounding areas that we drive in from. God, I pray. I pray that we would be devoted to you and your word. God, and I pray that that devotion would link together and mingle together our hearts for the sake of the gospel. God, break down our walls. God, dismiss the obstacles that are holding us back. God, let us be a people that are compassionately and passionately seeking after you, God. Lord, we just love you. God, we thank you. Lord, and I just ask you to continue to work and move within the context of our community here. Lord, we love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.